Welcome to RPG Cast episode 438 for the week of September 9th, 2017. I'm Chris Privetier, your host, here bringing you the week's RPG news. We've been gone for a week. We were at PAX last week, except all the people who are at PAX with me are not on this show. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we have failed you. Um, we put up lots of videos on our YouTube, so I'm going to direct you to that. Joining me today, Alice Wilkinson from Britain. Oh, God, I'm old. <laughs> and... Alex Fuller, also from Britain, and the same instead, age. Yep. Yeah, instead, you get the two people who were furthest away from PAX. They, and, are unlike, and, and are unlikely to go to PAX anytime in the near future. <laughs> they don't have, like, a, a PAX posh planned or anything, right? No. I'm sad. trying to think no, of what they, they just, What would they call they the just British PAX? They PAX spiders. PAX spiders? PAX Australia. Oh, PAX Australia. Yeah, PAX Fighters. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, so that the only the only advantage of PAX Australia for British people is that they might think all the people have British accents instead of Australian accents because Americans are dumb like that. I'm one of them. All right. So I went to PAX and all I got was this dumb hat. Um, if you're on the stream, you can see I have my Stormblood Final Fantasy XIV Red Mage hat. It's a paper hat they handed out at the show. Um, it has advertising telling you to go to ffxiv-freetrial.com slash PAX and sign up for your free trial. What is the 14 free trial? It's only like 14 days, right? Something like that. Yeah. Maybe 21, actually. Now, Thematically but... appropriate if it's only 14. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't fit my head because my head's too big. Um, I did see some people at the show whose head it did fit and stay on. Um, and it really doesn't work well with podcast headphones. Um so it doesn't really stay on, but yeah. It is cool to have a red mage hat, except it's made of paper and it's not really a red mage hat and it's not a real feather, so it's not really that cool. Um, they want you to play Stormblood, turns out. Which, having played Stormblood, I would say is a good idea. Though Heaven's Word was better. There I said Really? It. Yeah. Yep, I said yeah. it. I think Heaven's Word's story was better. I like I like the dragon storyline more than the um, split storylines, though Doma Doma Castles cool idea, um, yeah. All right, so uh, we don't have people. Well, we have me, but I'm useless at this. Um, I'm just your host. I try to get the people on who are good at this stuff. We don't have all the people who played all the things at PAX, so we'll try and get more of that in the coming weeks. <laughs> and fill it in uh, i do recommend you go to our pax coverage page where we have a bunch of videos linked so you go to rpgamer.com slash event slash pax west 2017 or just go to our youtube channel which is uh youtube.com slash rpgamer dotcom i think and uh you'll see yep. a bunch of videos of gameplay from the show um on the site we have a, a few a handful of impressions from games i don't know if more coming or not um, there are more. I know Noodle has one that she hasn't placed it yet. Okay, good. So some handful of impressions. We have some. Fi we were able to do filming because Ed was available and he's got all the cool camera equipment. So you can see lots of uh, gameplay demos and interviews, and uh, kind of go see some of the cool stuff we were able to see at PAX. And I highly recommend it. Um, let's see. What did I? <clears throat> excuse me. 
the things I played at PAX that left a good impression with me. I'll try and narrow it down to that. Um, Dauntless. Number one, Dauntless. I played Dauntless at PAX. Um, it is a Monster Hunter clone, essentially. Though, they don't... Obvi for obvious reasons, they don't market it as such. Um... Who's in a Monster Hunters? Anybody? In, nobody's in Monster Hunter on this show right now. Um, no, not at the moment. I don't think it was like the it's like the 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 one addiction that I've managed to avoid. Good for you. Um, I played God Eater, but I don't care about Monster Hunter. <laughs> well, isn't that well? I mean, God, God Eater is you know better anyway. In yeah, in some regards, I'm sure. <laughs> um, okay, so I don't want to get into that debate. I will tell you about Nautilus. Dauntless is, it is a, I think the plan, it's a free-to-play. It's a free-to-play Monster Hunter game, so you're going to be able to just download it, and uh, it's multiplayer. You jump on, and four of you get together and go on a hunt, and you go on a hunt for a giant monster, and, like, they're cool. The one that's on all their advertising is this giant, like, owl bird beast thing that flies around and screeches, and it's actually one of the easier monsters they have in the game, but it looks really cool, so it's the one that's on all the advertising because it's one of the first ones you'll be facing and all that. So I went, I killed that. Um, and then we went and fought something else that had um, lightning spines coming out of its back. And it would it was way more mechanic-focused on the second one. Um, the first one was kind of like a monster in a fight. Run around, kill the thing, avoid the attacks, eventually you'll win. The second one, this monster that had the lightning spines. Um, I was with a developer and two other random people who were at the booth, and the developer was really helpful to have there because he knew what the hell he was doing, and he was coaching the rest of us. And it was like a real Monster Hunter experience, like the kind where you cooperate rather than the American one where you just yell at each other and blame each other for why you failed. Um, so it was more like a Japanese experience where everyone was trying to actually do something good together. So um, you took this, 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 this thing on that's producing these yellow lightning crystals out of its back and it would shoot them out onto the battlefield and you'd have to go kill them and because if you don't they would start shooting out giant lightning bolts that would kill you so you had to go take down these um they're essentially ads in the fight right so you have to go kill the little lightning ads and then later it would bring out one that had a shield on it and you couldn't touch that one if you touch that one you get shocked and th so you had to wait and then eventually um, the monster would charge up the shield on that particular lightning crystal, and you would have to play Zelda tennis with it. Um, not not a full Zelda tennis, but a, like balls of lightnings would come at each player, and you'd have to whack them back. And if one player at least pulled that off, it would take down the shield, and then you could go take down that lightning thing. And that was important because it would do big attacks and hurt everybody. And then you go back to working on the monster. And we didn't finish that one in time. We ran out of time, and then I think he actually no, we ran out of life. Um, but it was also really close to time. We we failed. It was sad. But uh, it was much more mechanic-heavy than I predicted and that I'm used to in a Monster Hunter fight. Um, game looks cool. It's a different art style than Monster Hunter, so it's going to have a nice distinctive place. It'll feel different while you're playing it because of that. Um, but it, at its core, it is a hunting game. And um, I have enough keys to get four people into it, and I'm wondering if we should do, like, an RP Gamer thing where we do, like... Um, get four people on a hunt and like film it and put it on the youtube or something like that so that's something i need to talk well, about as much as, as, as I, although you can do that my recommendation would be you do that with someone who likes monster hunter more than we do well i didn't say you two yeah i know there are other people on the site 
Yeah, so I was really hoping you two would be interested. So I'm just going to go sulk in the corner. That was my platforms. That's PC. Yeah, it's PC. Yeah, my PC won't cope with that. Oh, okay. So yeah, we have to find some people with real PCs or really strong Macs. And um, let's see. Did Harry play at E3? Did who? Harry play at E3. Uh, yes. Yes, he did. I think he enjoyed it. Yes, 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 yes. So he might be good, and he might already have a key even. So I'll have to look at that. Um, and I have dings going out to the stream. I'm sorry, stream people. I don't have, I don't know how to stop that right now. So I'm sorry. Let's see if I can figure that out. Okay. So uh, the number two game at PAX for me was called Children of Morta. And this is kind of like, um, oh man, I'm so fat. I'm looking at my video. I really need to lose some weight. Um, so I'm, Children of Morta is a game where you are a family and you're all dungeon delving. And so you, you kind of get to pick your character, which character in the family you are. And then you go off into the, the dungeon together. It is cooperative, um, if you want it to be. And uh, so I was playing with the developer, and I had one character, he had another, and apparently I know how to play games, so that helped a lot, which uh, it always amazes me when I go to do these demos at like E3 and stuff, at the feedback I get from developers, because they're either completely lying through their teeth about how I'm actually pretty decent at this thing and they didn't expect it, and they're just buttering me up because, you know, it it pays to make the press feel good about themselves, right? Um or really, everybody who plays these, a lot of the people who cover these games just are garbage at video games, or at least playing them in a public setting like that. And I don't know what's up with that, but it's something I've been noticing. So, um, given I, I, I don't think I'm that good at games, I'm, it might be the, the first, and they're just buttering me up. But, you know, whatever. Anyway, so this no, is... I'm sure, sure some of it may be PR, but... The Path of Exile guy was the most... He just kept laying it on, and... it he sounded earnest like he'd been very frustrated with how bad the press had been at his game demos and um i felt bad for him like oh you poor guy <laughs> all these people covering your game that have no idea how to play a hard diablo game i'm so sorry <laughs> uh, by the way the way to be good at games apparently at public events like this dodge attacks if you, if you show an ability to get out of the fire people think you're really good at games that's all it takes, apparently. Um, all right. So anyway, in this game, this Children of Morta game, you're, you know, it's about a family. Um, the dad's a fighter. The, the two kids are a fighter. The uncle's there. He's a fighter. Um, they, they've all got different classes. The mom's pregnant, so she's not going into the dungeon right now. Um, but uh, you're all fighting. <laughs> you're going down into this dungeon, and you got to, like, wipe out this evil. I don't remember all the story. But when you die, you get regenerated into the basement. There's a giant crystal shard down there, you know, like you have in your basement, and it regenerates you. Um, so it's a roguelike with progression, and you get, to, like, stat trees and stuff. So it it, it should be, like, the, the roguelite sort of thing where you can, um, even if you're not terribly good at the game, you can still eventually get you know, enough powers and stuff that you're just going to have no trouble getting through it. Um, it's still an alpha, so I don't know what the final balance is going to be like. It felt really good. I liked the attacks I was doing. I was playing as a fire mage, um, which I think is the the daughter, and 
she's just kicking ass and then shooting out tornadoes as well and it's just really fun i really like the way it felt i like the story i like the way it looked um it's kind of pixely art but uh in that cool way um kind of like uh your hyper lake drifter and whatnot um so definitely check that video out um and then my number three to wrap this up um was it yeah uh I really have a top five, so I'll just do a number three, and then I'll give two quick honorable mention shoutouts. Number three for me was Tunic, which I barely got to touch because Anna had the appointment, but that's the one where you're playing as the cute little fox guy, and you're running around a world, and it's basically a mashup of The Legend of Zelda and Dark Souls. So you're going through dungeons and solving puzzles, and then having like combat that actually matters where you're dodging and shielding and blocking and and killing like giant enemies and small enemies and and picking up stuff uh you don't get hearts out of bushes um so it is more um it is more unforgiving than zelda combat um but it does have like uh crystals and stuff that you sync up with that basically act as bonfires that will respawn you um and then you can kind of take on the enemies again and try and get to the next area uh looks great felt good um i think it's going to be a cool game it's got um it it's meant to be a little bit um impenetrable and like there's a whole language in the game that you know they don't translate for you and whatnot um i'm sure it's going to be decoded it sounds like it can be decoded but they're not going to help the developers are not going to help the people do it at all so it's going to be one of those community driven things where there's going to be a reddit and a bunch of forums and people put it together probably um but you don't actually need to know it but i just like that level of of abstraction that they they throw in there that people can't keep along with anyway watch the video um we do an interview with them um there's a bunch of videos i'm sure coming out on other sites that have like direct feed we, we weren't able to get direct feed for this one um go find them seek them out it looks cool uh even when it brings the menu up when you change weapons and stuff it kind of looks like an nes style menu it's very bare bones and you kind of just choose like i want that on the x button i want that on the y button you know since this is modern age instead of just having two buttons to assign items to you have Three. Very <sighs> yeah, very advanced technology. Yeah, that's uh, that's almost shocking. I know, I'm... right? <laughs> but yeah, go check it out. Tunic looks amazing. Um, still has no date. <laughs> Sometime next year. Um, and then my two quick shout-outs are to um, Moonlighter, which is very early, but it's a it's kind of it is a roguelike where you go into a dungeon at night and kill enemies and get loot and then you shell, sell it in a shop during the day so um what is that other game that's like this um uh, there's a couple others it's one of those where you're going into a dungeon and then you do shopkeeping during the day so it's got kind of got a management sim and an rpg in the same you're game. thinking of reseteer that's the one yep yeah so so look look forward to that that looks cute um and then uh the other one was divinity original sin um i had a really bad demo of that at pax last year where we we actually got kicked off halfway through because they decided to do one of those crazy contests where they're you know throwing stuff out into the crowd full of geeks um this time the the demo was exceptionally well run um had a start and end a guy running it who knew what he was doing it was great and it made me feel really excited about the game and I'm going to use that to lead into what I've been playing. The most well, recent been playing. the most recent thing I've been playing is Divinity Original Sin um, Enhanced Edition um, because I decided, hey, man, I would really like to get through Divinity Original Sin before trying the sequel, and I would like to play the sequel this year while it is most relevant. So I'm cheating at Divinity Original Sin. 
I downloaded Divinity last night, and I downloaded Cheat Engine, and I did some searching, and I, I have fun breaking games, and so I'm having fun breaking this game. I have a character who's level 131 in a game that has a level cap of 20, um, so figure that out. Um, I'm assigning all the skill points and all the things. I'm very early on in that. I'm still kind of in the stage where I'm figuring out how to break the game without, like, breaking the game. Um, but yeah, that is that is a that is a game that I was I, I want to cheat to get through it really quickly, and I'm realizing this is one of those games that even if you cheat at, you probably can't get through really quickly because there's a lot of dialogue and exploration, and you can't really make that go fast, right? So my plan may be foiled before it begins, um, but uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. So I have a little bit of Divinity hype, um, and that uh, Enhanced Edition looks really nice, and uh, I think they. I don't know the full list of what they added versus the original one, but I feel like there's a lot more voice acting in this one. Um, by which I mean, like, every freaking line is voice acted now. <laughs> but I don't know if that's actually true if that wasn't in the place originally. But, uh, yeah. Um, I, I'll leave that to the side, though. Um, what I've actually been playing, guys... Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. My life was taken over um, in the since the last podcast by a game called West of Loathing. So this is from the people who make Kingdom of Loathing, which is a browser-based MMO sort of game thing. Um, but West of Loathing is their their Western-themed RPG. And it's stick figures and good humorous writing. And um, there's there's battles. It's got a battle system. Uh, it's got you know conversational mechanics. It's got you know, all sorts of cool things. And you like... It's mostly like an adventure game slash RPG combo, and it's got silly humor, and it's about finding hidden things and putting things together and watching stupid, dumb stuff happen. Um, and you're you're fighting demon cows and and crazy rodeo clowns and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, I exceedingly highly recommend it. It's the m- most fun thing I can remember playing this year. Um, I I love it so much. I'm very sad that it's over. And it's one of those games that once it's over, you could replay it to do some additional, like, playthrough as a different class or try to solve puzzles with one of the alternate solutions. But I kind of, you know, did everything I could in the game in my first playthrough. Um, and then whatever few things I couldn't figure out I looked up walkthroughs to like get to those last bits of story so I could see it and it was like man I really enjoyed the experience I'm really bummed it's over and I'm really excited that they're talking about DLC now so that packs they were talking about DLC I don't know what they're going to do um highly recommend West of Loathing it is it is really cool and the music has been stuck in my head for days um and it's just got a good western theme to it with a whip in the soundtrack whoosh, and and burr, 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 burr. it's a yeah there's absurdity it's great highly recommend it if you can stand what playing a game that has stick figures in it and if you can't i'm sorry you're missing out um and it's like what it's, tw- it's 11 dollars, so that's a bargain um i love that game so all right that that game's been amazing to me um, I did pick up Rabbids Across Mario. I've played through the entire first world, so I've gotten through the main, the first main big boss, which is like, a, well, I guess I won't spoil it. Um, yeah, I've gotten through the first main boss, and I'm back. I think there's like four or five big worlds, at least th- that I can see right now. I don't know if there's more that are hidden. 
Um, that game is interesting. Uh, I love the humor and setting of Mario and Rabbids. Uh, none of you played it, right? I'm not seeing it on your... Um, no, on I don't have a Switch yet. Okay. Uh, game's got really good graphical design, really good writing. Um, it, all the little interactions between the Rabbids and Mario and, and Peach and stuff is like really well done. They're like... They're really executing well, I think, on what you would do in a mashup of those characters, and um, they're very funny, and I, I do like it a lot. Uh, I have found, though, that every time I play that game, I get sleepy. So what I don't know yet is if it's because I'm playing it at bedtime and it's just not enough to keep me awake at night, where some games will do that. And then the other times I've played it have been on a plane before takeoff. And then a lot of times on planes, I'll get sleepy just because, you know, I want the flight to be over. So I don't know if it's the game that's maybe a little boring to me or if it's that I'm playing it in situations where my attention is not able to be sustained for long periods of time. So I need to put some more time into that to really decide if if the gameplay is just boring to me. Because the battles are actually kind of simple. And um, they could... You know, it's not that I haven't lost a battle or haven't done poorly in a battle. Um, it's just that the battles themselves have not been as interesting and with as much consequences uh, that I would like. Um, so you're moving around. It's it's very much an XCOM battle. Um, you've got three people on your side. Um, so right now my team is Mario, Luigi, and um, Rabbit Peach because she's awesome. Um, and you, you, it's a lot of getting into position, shooting things, and then um, uh, Mario and Luigi can do Overwatch. Uh, Peach can put up a shield, and she she can do some healing, and there's other stuff that I can unlock later. Um, It's a lot of positioning stuff, making sure you're out of range of your enemy's attacks and you're under good cover. Um, In this game, they also have this mechanic where you can jump off of your teammates to get further afield. So if you want to get closer to your enemy more quickly, uh, you can jump off them and then keep moving around and um, or then and then uh, take a shot at someone because you're behind their cover, um, which is cool. But then that might expose you. Um, they have another mechanic where you can run out and, and knock someone over and then run back into cover and then take a shot at them. Um, but your enemies can do that to you as well. Um, but all the all told, that is uh, that's that's neat and all, but it's not. <sighs> It's so balanced, and it's one of those things where I don't feel like I'm able to to grind my characters to a higher level of power than my opponents, and I don't, and I really do like to do that in these sorts of tactical things. Um, and experience seems to be doled out very slowly in this game, and I haven't figured out how that works. So that's all stuff I have to learn more of. Um, that I said, assume it doesn't yeah. have permadeath. <laughs> No, it does not have permadeath. There's no Iron Man oh. mode that I can find. There is an easy mode that you could just pop into, and it seems like there's no penalty to using it. Just before a fight, you say, uh, pop easy mode, and it'll give you a health refill and like more stamina and stuff like that. So um, it might affect uh, what you can unlock as far as uh, the trophies, which I don't know that the trophies matter for anything, but they do give you like a gold, silver, bronze rating at the end of each couple of battles. So they put them, they put battles into little bundles and like each world has eight or 10 bundles or something like that. So yeah. Um, anyway, do check it out. It's, it's so well done that, you know, my, my quibbles with the battle system may be completely irrelevant to you. Um, I, I kind of want more of an RPG in the battle system than this might be giving me. And, uh, while it's got all those RPG mechanics there, they may not be 
fleshed out to the depth I want for that. Um, but that's just me, and that may not be relevant to you at all. I'm the kind of guy who cheats at XCOM, so you can't trust what I have to say. So, um, yeah. So I'll leave that where it is. <sighs> Other things I played. Holy Potatoes, a weapon shop. I will say that is a game where you, that is a, a weapon shop simulator game that has some mildly funny writing with uh, potato-based characters that are referencing all sorts of like games and 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 media and content and stuff. And the writing is a bit um, a, a, a bit over the top, where like the references are a bit too <laughs> overt. Uh, so I don't appreciate that. And more importantly, the game is exceedingly grindy to a degree that I don't... Oh my gosh, you have to work a long time to make a little bit of progress. And I don't like the feeling of progress in that game. So I'm no longer playing Holy Potato Weapon Shop because it's just too damn slow. So I tried the demo for Holy Potatoes. We're in space now because it looked like uh, it's not a management game. It's a very different game. And um, that game has way more things to distract with and and multiple things to be progressing at once you can be buying things and selling things and and leveling up things on your ship and stuff like that but it has a problem where its combat is exceedingly slow and and you have to do a lot of combat and to get through each galaxy and there's a timer so holy potatoes were in space is more like an ftl clone with some management stuff uh, thrown on top um or some simulation stuff thrown on top just uh to kind of make it stand apart it's again got the over-the-top writing which is kind of like eh, take it or leave it and then the combat is a lot of target this piece of a ship click here click here wait for them to take attack you then repeat three times to defeat this one piece of their ship then move on to the next piece of the ship and the battles go on for a really f- long time and i don't feel that they're very fun and i don't think i'll be playing holy potatoes we're in space anymore um at pax they were showing off holy potatoes what the hell which is a uh, a new one i didn't get to play it um but it doesn't look interesting to me in the least but i will tell you about it in case you're a holy potatoes fan maybe you are excited for their new game it is um a cooking game where you take the souls of dead potatoes and you turn them into potato based dishes to serve to the gods to level them up and then eventually earn your freedom you're a chef you you've been wrongly assigned to hell and you're a chef so you have to bake the souls of sinners into dishes and then get judged cooking show style and in, and impress the the gods so they've got all a bunch of mythical gods like Anubis and Loki and stuff like that. And then eventually you should get free. I don't know how it works. I don't really understand it. Uh, it was very morbid in that you're cooking the souls of like dead potatoes into French fry dishes. Um, but, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, that didn't sound like something that would get you out of hell. I know. It's so weird. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's that, that that's the Holy Potatoes series, and I'm very sad because I thought this series was going to be really funny and enjoyable to me because I really like the art style and some of the humor that I've seen in the trailers. They know how to make a good trailer, and yet the games have been completely boring to me, and I'm just really disappointed by that. So I don't know. if I feel like one of those games would be good to me if I was in a really down mood and just wanted something that to grind on endlessly that I didn't have to think about while playing. Maybe those would work, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Those holy potato games, I don't think they're for me. All right. A couple more things. Legendary DXP, I gave that a try. They were showing it at PAX, but I didn't have an appointment, so I just downloaded it on my phone because the game was out. So I said, why waste time on the show floor? I'll just try this out. It is a deck-building game on your on your iOS devices right now. I think they're coming to PC and Android, um, but I don't think they're on them yet. 
It is from Upper Deck. It is one of those games where you're... Um, if you've played a, a deck building game like Dominion or whatever, you know how this works. Um, you have a starting hand that has some buying power and some fighting power. And <clears throat> based on what's on the board, there'll be some monsters out there or there'll be some uh, things you can go and buy from uh, from the shop. And the things you buy end up in your deck. That's kind of how you're building your deck over time. You keep buying those things and you have their mechanics in there for getting rid of old cards um, because you have to or because you don't or because you want to, depending on the mechanic. Um, so eventually it's about buying cards that are going to have even more buying power to get, let you get even stronger cards that you can then use to beat lots of monsters and beat the, the scenario. You're playing cooperatively with other people against the scenario. Um, there's a giant big bad monster on there that um, you're going to flip over things from the, the villain deck every turn and either it's going to hurt you and make you have to throw out cards or it's going to progress their evil scheme and get them closer to the villain winning, which is kind of sort of random. Um, um, if they get through all eight phases of their evil scheme, they're going to win. Um, uh, or it'll put a new monster onto the board, and as the monsters fill up the, the five slots on the board, if they get fully all the way to the left, like a really bad thing will happen to everybody in the game. But it, it won't be immediate loss, but it'll be a bad effect that would be, you know, you want to kill the monsters before that happens. So then your turn comes up, and you either try and kill some monsters or buy some things, or actually you can do both in this game which is nice. Uh, other games like Thunderstone, you can't do both. Um, and anyway, anyway, so that's, you know, basic deck building, deck building mechanics. Um, it, it, the deck building part seems fine. Uh, the problem is when I try to go to a quick match, nobody's there. Nobody's playing. Nobody's playing this game. So there's nobody to play with. There's nothing for me to do because you kind of need a game with people to play a cooperative game. So... I just sit there in the quick play lobby. I think I've had one game actually go off. And you can have up to five players in a game. And that one fired off after three, which took like... Um, I just happened to be on at the right time. And I only had to wait 15 minutes for that match to start. Um, <laughs> so that's that's what's affecting that one most of all. But uh, Legendary DXP it is free to download, but five bucks to actually unlock the game. And then, and then... After you paid your five bucks to unlock all the game and all the heroes and stuff and the ability to play online with other people, um, the, you know, the ability to play online with other people, not that there are other people online for which you can actually play with, there's um, a whole system of uh, hard currency that you can buy if you want to unlock sick um, cosmetics that don't actually affect your gameplay. So like different card backs and shiny versions of your cards and stuff like that that just don't matter whatsoever. So... That is Legendary DXP. Oh, and then I'm going to finish with Final Fantasy XIV because hopefully we can transition to Alex now that I am done. Final Fantasy XIV I got back into finally after taking like a week and a half off because my wife made me. Um, she's like, you need to play less XIV for a little while and play some other things. And I did. I played West of Loathing. It was amazing. I went back to Final Fantasy XIV last night and oh my gosh, or two nights ago. And, I've, I, and I, I like fighting X-Death and stuff in the Delta Scape. And, um, but I'm ultimately, I'm, I'm having a struggle guys. I'm done with all the plot in 14. I'm still not sure what I want to spend my time doing. So have you done, have you done any of the triad yet? No. Go do that. Go do that. All right. But I mean, nobody, you're nobody's doing that, right? No, no. People are still doing it. Oh, are those extreme trials? No, no. Oh, okay. No. 
Okay. I, I thought they were okay. Because they, they, queuing they, they, up they, and learning and all three. Okay. All three of them do have an extreme mode, but in order to unlock that, you need to have cleared the original anyway. All right, I should do that. I've done all the Final Fantasy V stuff, and that was really cool. Um, when are they putting more of that out? Like, uh, I think it's um, end of this month, beginning of next month, something like that. Okay. Uh, you think it's going to be more Final Fantasy V, or are they done with five and they're going to go to another world? Um, well, actually, thinking about it, um, we might not see any more Delta Scape until 4.2. Oh, wow. Um, the 4.1 will be main story and other stuff. Oh, okay. I think. I think because they, they, the way I think, if I remember when Heavenswood did this, they kind of alternated uh, Alexander with um, the uh, 24 man. So uh, the, okay. the patch that they released, like a new set of 24-man stuff, is the patch that they don't release anymore for the 8-man stuff. So uh, 4.1 is when they're scheduled to release the first part of the 24-man raid, the Return to Ivalus one. What is that going to be? I wonder. Well, it, yeah. it's just going to have 24 people in, and it's got a scenario being written by the uh, Final Fantasy Tactics But, writer. like, where the heck is Ivalus in this game? <laughs> Uh, I think Ivalis is on Hydaelyn somewhere. Oh, of course. Why not? <laughs> or there is a, con a continent called I mean, Ivalis. if you can have Doma, I... why not have Ivalis? I'm pretty sure it's a place called Dalmasca that was in the... That was it, yeah. But Great. I think, I don't know... It's given, in the encyclopedia. <laughs> uh... given, given everything that they've done with Omega so far, uh, they could bring that in. I don't know. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah if, they, if with the Omega stuff, you could just literally bring in whatever you want right so hmm all right yeah let's just just bring in um like i don't know sephiroth or something Why the omega not? has the cutest chocobo thing it's so adorable they need to do more with that oh alpha. oh they probably almost certainly will yeah i'm yeah i'm sure they will it's just taking time oh it's it's funny to have all this content in 14 that i was just playing for a month and now i have to wait for content to be doled out at the rate that everyone's used to it's it's a very different experience um well yeah but even then there's you still haven't done everything no i haven't done everything but have you done either of the current extreme primals <sighs> i've tried um okay. but it is you know queuing for an extreme primal is an experience let me tell you. I don't. I say I did all of my. Got all of mine through uh, the um, party finder rather than queuing. That's probably a good idea, and I maybe I yeah, because it allows you to specifically seek out learning parties and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I say I I generally have never done extreme primals on content, with the exception of Susano and Lakshmi. I hear they're easier than the other ones have been. They are. I'd say so. Um, I finally depends. finished. I think... We finally did Titan, and I did it with people in the link shell, and they all wanted to queue because they wanted the challenge. So we did it in the in the queue, um, and we had like a half link shell, or half a uh, free company party, and we we pulled it off, Alice. It was amazing. It felt good, and you were yeah, telling us like, to go I overpower would... it, but it felt good. I was, I say, I would recommend doing um, Susano and Lakshmi. They yeah. extreme. Oh, they are pretty enjoyable. Um, I think which one is harder really depends on what you're playing. So I'm a tank, so I yeah, get to do really so, fun stuff in Suzanu. <laughs> like if yeah, I screw and, it up, and everyone dies. 
Yeah, and in Sasano, you do still have to do that, but you have to tank swap before the second one. Yes, yes. I, I've read about all that. Die. Yeah. I, I, I um, watched a video for Susanu. There's so many mechanics, and, and yet people say it's easy, so I don't understand no, no, how no. those Seriously, go together. The number, but... the number of mechanics, you know, it's, it's not a lot of mechanics if you're playing a tank. Because generally speaking, tanks aren't usually hit by most of them. Yeah. There's a lot of it's, things like be on this side of the arena. No, you got to get back over to this side of the arena. Well, if you're stick yeah, over, stuck over there, do this right and make sure you, things aren't lined up like this. Otherwise, everyone will get hit by this thing and then everyone will be mad at you. And it's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but as I said, you really need to pay out, pay attention to the tank busters and uh, which side of the arena the lightning strikes coming down. Yeah, I hate paying attention to tank busters. Well, I mean, that's how they do things. Now... I had to learn action. that in X-Death. I had to learn to pay attention to tank. Um, uh, it's not really a tank buster, yeah, the, but it's the, a stupid yeah, thing. One... He'll just throw you off the edge. It's like, oh, no. no, no I, I have to learn to watch for that. I wasn't thinking of vacuum wave. X-Death <laughs> does have a tank buster. Uh, it's the Thunder 2. Uh, that's, uh, that's just a stacking thing you're supposed to swap. Um, yeah. Though I had a guy tell me yesterday, oh, we don't swap anymore. Like... Paladins are just kings at this thing. I've Paladins just solo it now. I'm like, okay, so I tried that in the next fight. No, no, because <laughs> the third thunder came and I was just dead. <laughs> so I was like, what is that guy talking about? <laughs> uh, he was probably thinking that you were like, I don't know, item level 340 or something. Yeah. And if you're at that, then you probably are in a position where you can uh, face, you know, regular mode X deaths, uh, thunder casts with the vulnerability stacks. Yeah. I I am not in that position. <laughs> um, but for me, um, the thing about Lakshmi is uh, it's generally pretty easy on the DPS, um, but there's a delicate balance you have to make between uh, main tank. Like, the main tank has to pay attention to the tank busters because they will literally kill you. Um, but also there's the blue sphere mechanic from the, um, from the normal mode fight. Mm-hmm. And if um like if you point that in the one wrong direction and people don't see it coming and they don't push their drill button then they all die ah of course because if, if you might you might remember the uh the, the blue sphere is uh you get a little blue marker above your head and then you get like a cone ability yeah. casted on you that's always casted on the person who's second on the threat line ah. so it's where the off tank should be mm-hmm. sort of thing uh, if she's in, like got her blue aura up and she uses that and it hits you, it it'll do about I don't know over a hundred thousand damage and just kill you. <laughs> of course. So if you, if you are if you somehow manage to get yourself second on on the uh, the hate list and you're not the off tank and you're standing in the middle of the platform, then you'll wipe everybody except possibly for the main tank who will then die due to lack of healers. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> You know, it, I've done because um, I did uh, I did Susano ten times in order to get the his uh, rapier because it never dropped for me. I got it through pickups. Sure. The, yeah. Uh, and then I did Lakshmi enough times to fill out my accessory slots. So I did both about. Oh, I must have done both about ten times or something. And I I think Susano was harder, but I think that's because I'm DPS primarily. So the one thing that I don't like about the EX Primals um, is the same thing I love about the EX Primals. Um, it's just there's so much to learn and get used to and get in the habit of. And it takes 
a major commitment to like, okay, I'm going to sit down tonight. I'm not going to succeed or get any progress, like or actually progression on my character. But tonight it's going to be about learning this fight and 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 learning how to do it with a pickup group and learning how to write macros to explain it to people who don't know what the hell they're doing. And and yes, that's it, different in Party Finder. I understand. Yeah, um, and that's why basically why you do it in Party Finder because yeah. once you've cleared it once, you can set a flag to for your Party Finder that will only admit people into the party that have cleared it. Yeah. Um, so that you can do that with the Savage Delta Scapes. I noticed. Um, yes. It looks like inside the queue thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you that's kind of interesting. I figured. That's people doing. They people who have already got those raids on farm. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a thing. I don't know how to even get to that level. Uh, these are very mechanic-heavy fights in this game, um, and I'm used to just having things where you can just kind of grind out some gear progression and stuff. And this game's not about that. Um, the the thing where you can grind out gear progression is just the dungeons, um, not like raids and stuff. They don't have like that easy mode raid finder thing going on in this game. So, eh, whatever. Um, yeah. It is a commitment because, like, you're going to sit down all night and just uh, learn. <laughs> uh, what I need to do Ifrit now, which apparently involves moving Ifrit around the field like it's a clock and stuff like that, which I have to learn all that stuff. And, uh, anyway, Alex, what have you been doing in 14? I have not been finishing the main story. Not been finishing? What have you been doing yes. then? Fishing, mostly. Fishing. Okay. Yeah, figures. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, I can't bother to do anything. That's sort of one of the things that lets me kill time. <laughs> I love it. You know, the I one think thing... I'm like 64 fishing now. <laughs> so fish. So I haven't gotten into a crafting, and I'm not sure if I should. Um, I'm not convinced it's worth the time, because you can progress with, like... There, you can progress via crafting and getting gill and getting high-end crafted gear... Or you can progress by doing battle content and just getting like drops that let you trade in for good gear. So I'm not sure why you would do crafting in this game, unless I'm missing something. Um, I think it's really good for making quite a lot of money, but there's not but what are that you, much. What are you going to do with the money? Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> cosmetics maybe. You know, buying. Uh, that's the thing Glenn usually does is he usually tur returns for a bit and then just ends up with ridiculous amounts of money that. <laughs> That, that oh, does nothing with it. <laughs> oh, all right. Doesn't give any to me. All right. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, the one thing I have done is kind of taken over our airship ventures in the free company. And um, we have four airships unlocked now, Alice. Um, oh, four. Yes. Yeah. We need to make the fourth one, though. So, we, I, I did get the fourth slot unlocked. Um, we need to make it. Um, and then. Uh, keep progressing down the, the road to unlocking the last zones and then being able to farm mounts for everybody. Yeah, I have no idea what these airships, how these airships work and what they actually provide. Yeah, there's guides. <laughs> like everything else in this game, it's buried mechanics and that you have to learn and it makes no sense at first. And then you learn it on, you're like, oh, is that all it is? Okay. Yeah, I guess I can do that. Um, the short version is you send them away for little missions that take about a day and they come back with loot, and that loot can be used to unlock other things in the research board to, like, make different furnishings for your house or even better airships. Um, and then as you do those little missions, they'll unlock more zones that they can go to during their missions. And um, 
the very end point of that zone progression um, has like some mounts that can drop. And I think that's pretty much it. You can also ride your airships into the Delta Scape and do stuff that doesn't matter anymore, basically. But uh, not the Delta Scape. I'm sorry. What's it called? Diadem. Diadem. Thank you. Um, and then you can go in there and do a bunch of things that, that are supposed to be cooperative, but not enough other groups are in there, so it doesn't matter as much. Um, and then you can unlock um, a really hard boss that you're supposed to take down and then get more drops that don't matter now. So there's that whole thing. And kind of like um, the, you know, when it was current content, you'd get like loot that mattered and stuff, right? And equipment that mattered and pets and, oh, yeah. and, and mounts and stuff. Now I don't know what they're going to do with it. So you could still kind of work for all the cosmetics and the pets and stuff or whatever. I, I think there's pets, uh, the mounts and whatever else is in there. But what you can actually, you know, as far as being relevant to your free company's progression in any way, I don't know if they're going to, they're going to do anything with the airships, but, um, I mean, as far as unlocking all the pieces you need to like unlock every single bit of like furniture and upgrade to make your thing look like a uh, chocobo or whatever, uh, if you want to make your house look really ugly, um, that that's what they seem to be for right now. So it is what it is. Um, but I, I don't know. I just kind of like sending the airships off and, and getting them back and un unlocking stuff. So that's been cool. Uh, when are we going to move to the new zone, Alice? It's not open yet. When is it going to open? The next patch. So 4-1, you think? Sorry, yeah. Yeah, 4-1. Alright, so end of the month, we're going to move. Then we'll start yeah, that, I, I'm, I kind of want to move, so... I want to move. I think it'll be exciting. And then, our, we need to upgrade our house to the biggest level, right? So... Yeah, it's gonna be quite expensive, though. Well, let's—that's a reason to crafting then. How much money? We gotta co coordinate that. How much money do we need to get? And who do we need to give uh, it to? <laughs> we need it's to quite a lot. Out. Yes, it, it's a lot. It's in—it's in the multi—it's in the multi millions. Yes, that's fine. Let's—we can—we can do this. I'm sitting on three million gil that I have nothing that I can use it on. You know, mm. that's just from playing. I, I'm not even crafting. That's just playing. I have three million gil. I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> so I'm I'm sitting here watching a, a Lakshmi EX video, and of course the dude in this video has 132 million gil, so he could just fund your house entirely on his own, right? So, <sighs> all right. Well, cool. That's 14. Alex, what else you been playing? Um, I started. Utahware Vumino Mask of Truth. Ah. Which is the second one of those two games. It's a Ray Romano. Um, yeah. A tactical RPG visual novel hybrid, basically. That obviously, as it's a pretty direct sequel, taking place immediately after then, anything I say about the plot specifics are immediate spoiler for the first game. Because oh. that ended on some sort of some pretty big plot twist. So, so are you enjoying Underwater Ray Romano? Yeah, the uh, problem with the first game was it the first half took really long to actually get going anywhere in terms of the plot. It's been like ages just trying to build. So, characters. did you know that that's that first game is actually the second game in the Underwater Ray Romano series? I did. Okay. 
So the first game yeah. came out on PC forever ago and was like uh, uh, one of those visual novels where there's lots it's of It's an 18 right? plus game, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they re-released it on like PSP and like PS2 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the, the, the usual. They took all popular, the sex so out. Like it's yeah. an age version, yeah. And apparently there's an anime you can watch on Funimation that is the story of that first game. So if you want to watch like yeah. the first game story, um, you can go do that and then play these two games. But you don't have to. There's just a lot of references in this game back to the first game story, though. Yeah, I think a lot of the sort of characters return, but they don't actually play. Well, so far they haven't actually played particularly vital roles where you need to know what happened beforehand to. Sure. Yeah, they're just kind of there to anything. be fan service, right? I think. <laughs> That's the impression I got. I love to. They do actually play roles, but yeah. <laughs> they've got. They've got decent place in the story that is not overly important to what's going on you don't need to know about what happened to them before to see how they're influencing stuff are you playing on ps4 or vita vita i did play the first one on ps4 although i did it on remote play as well but they're basically the same and so your saves don't carry over they do i can't because of the issue with the save files actually on different accounts oh okay (laughs) So you can just I played, start fresh. I played the PS4 on my much. European account. Yeah. So you don't get some bonuses or something, but it doesn't really matter, I bet. No, not really. Okay. I think I, I think all my characters start at level ten in the second one. I think they might have been around fifteen or something at the end of the first. The problem with the first game basically it took yeah it took a while to get going in terms of the story, but when sort of the second half kicked in, plot moved along, it was. A lot more interesting. Yeah. It, so far, it's got the second game's got the much better balance, and that things are moving along. Although it does still throw in a few things now and then, which are traditional visual novel. Nothing actually is happening, but we've got to try and do amusing event scenes. So, is this game like? Is the uh... I can't play videos of this on the stream. It's all going to be spoilers. Um, is this game going to be... Does the battle system feel like it's just tacked on and kind of pointless? And it's just interrupting your visual novel that you would like to just get back to reading? Uh, not really. I really like the battle system. It's. I think the battles are done by Sting. Okay. Developer. I think they did the same with um, Tears to Tiara 2, which was the same sort of developer team up. So one did the visual novel, one did the battle system. Uh, in the first game, I mean, it's, it's still primarily visual novel, but the battle system is really enjoyable as well, and it fits quite nicely with what's going on. It's a lot more military stuff in the second game as well, so that works to its advantage. It can actually put a better balance between the number of battles and number of event scenes, because the first game was a lot of visual novel, then maybe a couple of battles, and then a lot more visual novel. Again, up until sort of got to the second half when the plot started moving, so there was a reason for people to battle. Mm. So it's, done for that. it's also got a bit more in terms of optional battles, as well as a few more sort of modes where you can just do some fights for for fun or for challenges and stuff like that. So it's small improvements, but they sort of add up quite nicely. Sort of fun, but yeah, again, it's sort of primarily a visual novel. So if you don't like visual novels, you probably won't like it. 
I like visual novels. I just don't have time for them. Mm. That's fair enough. I think, yeah, some of them like them to go on for longer than they really need to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then all the good ones just make you cry, and I just don't have the ability for that right now. It's like, well, I know how to cry. It's just like, I don't <laughs> want to be sad. <laughs> and like, that seems like all the best ones are like, oh no. Um, yeah, anyway. Or they're all very sexy, and then you just feel dirty. So, uh, you find the occasional good ones like Steins Gate. Oh yeah, oh yes, you you're big on Steins Gate. I should really play that. Yeah, yeah. You should play all the Steins Gates. All the Stein Gates. All right. Are there that many Stein Gates? There's two Stein Gates. One, one of these days, I will actually finish that because <laughs> I haven't yet. Yeah, there's Steins Gate and then Steins Gate Zero. Right. All right. So, what is what is Parascientific Escape Cruise? What is what? Parascientific Escape is a adventure point and clicks ish title, but it's it's a bu- it's a budget one, so it's not particularly usual. It's on the three DS, right? Yep, three DS. I think it's Circle Entertainment. Yeah. Okay. But it's a fairly straightforward point and click style game you basically control someone who is a sort of who's got sort of psychic abilities mm-hmm. it's in sort of a, a world where there's sort of psychics have suddenly appeared and they have special abilities so the one i think the one you control has telekinesis and clairvoyance i believe so they can move stuff around like rocks to sort of unpick them without actually touching them and look at stuff without opening opening things and I think there's some weird, yeah, it's some weird, weird, it's a weird story where you're on a boat because someone invited you there, and then they, and then someone starts sinking the boat, and you have to try and escape. Oh boy! You better get off. And you need to go, people. It's only five dollars. It's, it's a lot. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're all, they're all about that price, but it's all, I tried it out. It's actually, it's very enjoyable for what it is, especially at that price. So. I mean, it's an interesting story. It's not a it's not a brilliant story, but it works in terms of just moving things along. It's got some weird thi- a weird thing about some um, f- fictional European countries that have been, I assume, generated by smashing someone's hand on the keyboard <laughs> to get the name. But Udo Romania. Yeah, so I played yeah, so play the first one, and I've actually started playing through the second one now as well. In which you control you control someone different in that one who has the ability to see backwards in time oh, by certain useful. amounts, and they're and they're investigating a serial murderer. Hmm. And then it looks like you're you're really into the visual novels right now because you got another one on here. Oh yes, that one, that's the Color X Malice, which is actually an Osmo game. Oh okay. But it's got it a is, kitty cat. Yeah, so it's not so a game, but it, it works really well because it's primarily a mystery, mystery visual novel slash noir stuff. So you're investigating a series, a series of murders where thoughts and terrorists is called. Yeah, sorry, series of murders where they're sort of building up to a specific day where stuff is going to happen, mm. and the main character is basically captured and has a collar put round her neck. That will kill her if she doesn't do what 
the terrorist wanted to, which is actually investigate terrorist in- incidents. That's strange and okay. But the thing I really like about this one is that it's the root splits are really early as well. So you get when you're playing through it, you're playing different parts of the story. You actually get to investigate a particular incident for each each route. So you're sort of building up the story as you play through each route, so it encourages you to actually keep going back and playing it. Hmm. So I originally intended just to play through it once or twice and ended up having to basically play through it all five times so I could get the, the full story. But it's a really it's a really well-written one and definitely one of the better ones I've played. Cool. Collar X Malice. Yeah, it's one that even if you... Perhaps a bit turned off by Osmo games, it works really well. So, oh, you don't need to be an Osmo fan to enjoy Ultimate. it. Osmo, so this is so it's about getting with these guys, huh? Yeah, but as I said, sort of, it's still sort of not the main thing. That the main thing is investigating the murders. So, mm-hmm. it's a nice background to having it. Yeah. Uh huh. Sure. Sure. All right. Well, enough teasing. Yeah. <laughs> so that came out in July, it looks like. So, yeah. Right. I did write a review on the other side. As an Axis game. So, interesting. Yeah, it's one of the Idea Factory Ottomay ones. <laughs> Sweet. I think that wraps you up and that leaves us with Alice. Alice, you're playing. Oh, Alice. What have you been playing? I'm excited. So. Which ones? Which ones do you want to know about first? Uh, XCOM. Yeah. So War of the Chosen came out. So I cheated XCOM. How's it been treating somebody who plays for real? Uh, I have finished my first campaign. Ooh. I don't generally don't play on particularly hard difficulty levels, but there you go. Does it change the game much? Is like the whole story different? The whole story isn't different. What the expansion pack does is it adds like more to the story. Okay. Um, in the same way that Enemy Within added to the original XCOM. I don't know. Did you play that? I did not. Okay. Because Enemy Within was, you know, the same XCOM campaign, but had um, like additional mechanics, some additional story elements, that kind of thing. And War of the Chosen does the same thing. It has three new character classes, some additional story around those character classes, um, and uh, three additional, uh, like, three very powerful enemies that kind of feel like they may have came out of um, Shadow of Mordor. Okay. And I I say that in kind of uh, how... um, they have, they get stronger, they get weaknesses, they get strengths, uh, they work against you on the tactical layer as well as the strategic layer, that kind of thing. Cool. So. So, yeah. Is it, is it harder? Is it just different? Um, I think the game's different. already hard, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean the game's already quite difficult. The chosen definitely—they're called the chosen. The three enemies that make Chozo. It's from Metroid. No, chosen. Chosen. All right. Yeah, Uh, them turning up can certainly make things rather difficult because of how their strengths and weaknesses work. Um, They they added new classes though for you, right? Like you can get a robot now and stuff. 
Oh no, the robot was DLC in the original. Oh, from the original that was fight, DLC. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. The three additional classes are uh, introduced through a very early story mission, uh, or you can turn that off and you start the game with one of three. Um, so there's the Reaper, which is like a um, scout with a sniper rifle. Um, the skirmisher, which are free, like free in quotes, advent soldiers, um, who have a submachine gun and like really high mobility. Um, <laughs> the special abilities they get are quite funny in that they get uh, like a, a grappling hook ability that allows them to pull enemies closer to them and also pull themselves to an enemy. It's actually pretty fun. That is cool. Uh, and there's the Templar, which is um, like a psionic. It's a psionic melee-based class. Hmm. Uh, all three of them are pretty powerful. Um, so you can you can only have, I think, it's like a maximum of two from each faction. So ah, I see. Until they uh, die. <laughs> yeah, you can you can you can get ones to replace them, but losing one will always be a bit of a yeah bit of a kick in the teeth. Yeah. But that's why you, there are like there are new items uh, you can get that will help uh, allow your troops to survive a little better. Um, so one of the they also introduce a few new enemies. So one of them is the Advent Priest, which has uh, like psionic buffing abilities, but it also has a passive ability that uh, when you reduce it to zero HP, it goes into a stasis field and then survives on one HP hmm. for a turn. So. Um, and you can get that as an item. Ooh. Uh, it's a consumable item, so it'll only trigger once, but will be can be very useful for safeguarding people on particularly dangerous missions if you feel like it'll be necessary. Um, uh, are there any non-dangerous missions in XCOM? Eh, well, yeah. Uh, the other thing is, um, the other like major enemy that introduces is uh, something called the Lost, who are basically zombies. Uh. And they attack in huge low HP swarms. Um, but if you kill one, um, you immediately get a uh, an additional action. Oh, cool. So you can basically gun down like a uh, gun down like huge quantities of them with only one soldier, but the re eventual reload will consume your your action mm, mm -hmm. so basically how you, what you can do with them cool so um yeah fun times yeah uh and yeah the chosen yeah they're hard <laughs> <laughs> just how they do yeah all right well so what else you've been playing um which one would you like me to talk about sega ah uh, yeah sonic mania yeah. so i had to wait for the pc version to come out because whatever um, I only just got the full ending today, or oh. sort of. I'm I'm still on the final boss, but the actual final boss. You know what I mean. Got all your chaos um, emeralds. Yeah, I got the last chaos emerald today. All I can really say is, um, this is probably the best 2D Sonic game in like what 20 years or something, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> That's not saying that much, though, is it? No, I know, but I've always spoken pretty highly of like of the, the Rush ones, right? In well, yeah, Sonic Rush, Sonic Rush Adventure, 
the DS version of Sonic Colors, which oh, was okay. basically Sonic Rush 3. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the 2D sections in Sonic Generations were yeah. all pretty good. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to kind of, you know, have a nice nostalgia trip back to the uh, back to the good old days. Yeah, this guy knew what he was doing I, when he made these. I don't think it quite peaks above um, Sonic 3 and Knuckles together, but it's better than Sonic 3. Oh. At least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And hey, they finally managed to get that Western level in. They only tried twice back during the Mega Drive era. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah, they tried to get one in Sonic 2 uh, as Dust Hill. And uh, they also there was also a removed one in Sonic CD, which was cut for time constraints. Mm. Um, and uh, they finally managed to get a Western-themed level in, in Mirage Saloon in Sonic Mania. They also bought the Collect Blue Spheres back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. I hate those bonus levels. Well, thankfully, you don't have to do them to get the emeralds anymore. No, but you have to do it to get the unlocks. Yeah, well... I've I've only done, like, three of them so far. If you want to play that Stage 2 boss whenever you want, you need to do them. Well, yeah. Shouldn't I, I don't think I should really spoil that. I know, right? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> Sonic Mania. Turns out Sonic can be pretty good still. Sort of. Yeah. Assuming you're just not re- trying to make a new game, you're just making one like the old ones. Well, and plenty of remix like plenty of remixed levels and things like that as well. And really good music. Yeah, the music's amazing. Yeah. I have the whole soundtrack. It's like very evocative. Where do you get the soundtrack? Uh, places. Places. Oh, okay. Fell yeah. off a truck. Yeah. Fell off yeah. A truck. Fell off a truck. Okay. Cool. Fell off a truck. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, what have you been playing? Um, now I put Subsurface Circular down because it's one of those. It's a little like a uh, very interesting little title. Uh, it's from the developers of uh, Thomas Was Alone. Subsurface Circular. What does that yeah. even mean? Uh, it's set. You play a uh, you play a, a robot detective who is traveling on a sub uh, on a circular underground line. Oh, as okay. other robots get on and off the train. It's basically a visual novel. Oh. It's a pretty short one at that. And this uh, the, came out the whole... after Thomas was alone? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, it's a pretty short one, uh, but I still really quite enjoyed it. I think it tells a good story. Um, and it does have some pretty unique, like, sort of quirks with the, the various other robots that your character encounters. Um, yeah, no, I like it. It was uh, just a bit of a, an impulse purchase when I saw it saw it crop up on my steam list i'm just like yeah you know what that sounds interesting and for the price that they're offering i'll 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 pick that up and see what it's see what it's about what were they offering it for i can't remember (laughs) whatever the hell it is on steam at the moment so you're just sitting on the subway having conversations yeah with other robots oh okay yeah you play a robot you talk to robots (laughs) that's really weird and yeah. then, to, is it just get through the game, or are there lots of branches and stuff? No, it's just basically get through it. There's okay. like two branches, maybe. If that. Cool. It looks neat. 
That's for sure. It's very pretty. Yeah, looking. it's definitely got a pretty clean presentation. So, when did this come out? Pretty recently, I think. Yeah. All right. Yes, it's August in oh, Steam. August seventeenth. It looks like. Jeez. Yeah. I have no. I I haven't heard about this at all. So. Well, it's not a particularly like big game. It's not a huge release. It's not. It's six dollars. That's it. How was it? Put yeah, well, I said that'll be fun. And it's not particularly long. Yeah, cool. Subsurface circular. Go check it out. Ah, oh, that brings us to news, folks. First story: Divinity Original Sin. I talked about how that's coming out soon, right? So we got Divinity Original Sin Two is uh, announcing their voiceovers. So That's the one see. game where we need to have an RP gamer session. Say what? That's the game we need to have an RP gamer session. How's that it's work? The, it's got the GM mode, hasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, all those, like all those other ones that we've never pulled off. You know, hmm. I still yeah. want to do um the the Wizards of the Coast one and do all the burning horses, but nobody will nobody will let me GM. I'm sure Divinity will let you place burning horses. I bet you it will too, but I'm not sure. I hadn't seen any in the videos, so. Um, but yeah, it's got a GM mode and they actually showed, they have a video up of them doing like an actual Dungeons and Dragons campaign in the Divinity, in the Divinity Original Sin 2 DM mode. So uh, it seems pretty flexible. Whew. And I think it comes with that particular adventure as well. They work that out. So that'll yeah. be interesting. Um, yeah, we should do that. That'd be cool. We have to figure out how to do that. Um, we need people to get that game. How are you going to do it? You don't have a PC. You're not going to be one of the people, are you? Yeah, I might have to do it and see how well it runs on lowest settings and see what happens. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> uh, so as far as the announcements, here's what we got for... They they announced voice actors, so here's some names. Um, Harry Haddon Patton as the Red Prince, which is a lizard dude. Alex Wilton Regan as Sibyl, an elven assassin. Tamarin Payne as Los, a, a musician who's possessed by a... a possessed by something um, chris finney is uh ifan ben meds a mercenary ex-soldier um alec newman is beast a rebel turned pirate and christopher bonwell is an undead person so who's a skeleton <laughs> um let's see and that that that's the voice cast announcement i don't recognize any of those names so um it sounds uh, like mark and i is alex wilton megan i can't remember if she was seen lost story okay yeah, it looks like they're in like Warhammer games and Dragon Age games or Assassin's Creeds. So they're they're video game voice actors for the most part. So yeah, she was Callista in The Lost Story. Oh, okay. She's also um, trainer in Mass Effect Three. Cool. Wait, trainer, trainer. Which one's trainer? Samantha Trainer. Samantha Trainer. Trainer. I should know that name. I need to see their picture. Because so. I played Mass Effect 3, so I should... Oh, her. Oh. Yeah. The counselor lady, right? No, the comm specialist. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, Trainer's the one who sits on the bridge. Yeah. She's okay. I have strong feelings about... Ma uh, I don't want to think about Mass Effect right now. 
That's just going to make me <laughs> depressed. All right. $45 for Divinity Original Sin 2 coming out September 14th. Um, another story about Divinity Original Sin 2 is there are um, editions that are probably sold out. Uh, <laughs> so let's see how this works. They've got a... Uh, let's see. Um, da, 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 da. Laren will be producing a collector's edition of the game through their website. Uh, let's see. Limited. It's sold out. So forget that. You can't get it. If you had gotten it, you'd get a Steam key, a storage box, having all the four major races in the game on the box, a comment, um, oh, let's see, a felt line dice tray. I don't know what you need that for. Um, uh, uh, what looks like a GM screen, um, a statue, uh, a cloth map, the most important thing in a collector's edition, an instruction manual printed on paper, it looks like. <laughs> Crazy. Um, the Chronicles of the Reaper's Coast is 120 pages of something, and then an art book, 160 pages, and then an interchangeable head that can go on your statue. Um, oh, because it's the, it's the undead guy who can look like a normal person or look undead. Um, so the way... So a Divinity Original Sin 2. So I played this at PAX, and it, it can be weird. In this game, so you are, uh, whatever, origin stories, you are a sorcerer, which means you can manipulate source, which means nobody trusts you because there's a good chance you'll become an evil person, right? So you can just straight up choose to do really evil things in this game. Um, you can, you can, um... You can absorb, like, people's souls, and then you can, like, look like them. So, like, if you want to look like a dwarf and interact with dwarfs and get the, the reactions from people that react favorably to dwarfs, you could just kill a dwarf and, like, absorb them, and now you can walk around as a dwarf. You, you rip their face off, essentially, and then it turns into an item in your inventory that you can put on and off. You do really nasty things <laughs> in that game. Yeah, it's weird, man. Um, you can... You can absorb... I'm sorry. So the face-off... It's face-off if you want to look like people. And then there's absorbing souls if you want to do... Like, powering yourself up for something. I don't remember all the details. Um, but, like, you can talk to ghosts in that game. Or you could just absorb them to become more powerful. You know? Or do both. Like, interact with them and then kill them. Like, you know, just kind of be a real jerk in that game. You can be real evil. And that's some of the stuff they showed off. So if you want to do that feign thing and be like crazy evil undead guy yeah you totally can so you do that Yeesh. all right next story fire emblem warriors date um they have a let's see what they announced that it's coming out fire emblem warriors coming out in north america october 20th 2017 uh, they also announced a limited edition and it's gonna let's see have the the game uh, three soundtrack cds Five by seven inch character art cards and a dual sided poster. Um, since this seems to be like a full soundtrack, I'm completely in support of this limited edition, and I have pre-ordered it. So you'd have to move to Europe for, Europe for this one, huh? You'd have to move to Europe to this one for this one. No, this is in North America too now. Yep. Oh, I don't have to move to Europe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because this was announced first for Europe, and once again, I was insanely jealous. And then they announced it for here too, and I was like, what? Sweet. Uh, they also announced that Elise will be in the game, you know, just because like every other Fire Emblem Fates character is in the game, so why not have Elise be in there? Um, they, I think they held off on that because she's a fan favorite. Um, by the way, don't marry Elise, you monsters. She's too young. Protect her. How dare you marry her? 
take advantage of that poor girl. <sighs> Sorry. I don't I don't know where that came from. Yakuza Kiwami 2 has been announced. Oh, I didn't say. Yeah. Um, Anna and I started playing Yakuza Kiwami as well. So we've been playing a little bit of that. Um, we've gotten through a, a few hours of that, and we're really enjoying it so far. Um, we're pretty early on, and uh, I'll do a bigger talk through like on the next show after we've had a time to play some more. But Yakuza Kiwami 2 was officially announced. They are going to remake Yakuza 2. And uh, let's see, that's going to come out in PlayStation 4 in Japan on December 7th. So it's coming out this year. We don't know when it'll come here, but I, I, I feel like Yakuza is finally taking off in the West, like for real. So maybe it, you know, we can feel comfortable that this one will come out here, right? Maybe. I don't know. It seems pretty likely. Mm -hmm. I, I think so. But uh, yeah. <sighs> I have to figure out how I'm going to play through all these Yakuza games now. Because, like, now that they're remaking them, so what should my plan be if I actually want to play all the Yakuza I can? How do I, what order should I do it in? I need help. Nintendo had a big old Nindy showcase. So they had uh, their summer showcase for summer 2017. It was like 15 minute video showing off all the indie titles, most of which were at PAX. Um, uh, let's see. See what we got. Uh, you can watch the full video on our on our site, um, also on Nintendo's YouTube and all that. Um, you can here's here's the stuff that looks like that we considered to be most interesting. We have Golf Story, which takes you through the world of golf. Uh, it's got a story mode. You meet people, collect items and stuff. So uh, maybe that'll be RPG ish. Maybe not. Maybe we'll just have some golf. You know, uh, Dragon Mark for Death is a straight up action RPG, side scrolling cooperative adventure up to four players via local or online play. And uh, you forge a pact with a dragon, you get new abilities and you go beat stuff up. Um, four different character types and 30 missions. It'll be available exclusively on the Switch during the winter of 2017 slash 2018. So expect it early next year. And then finally, Frozen Bite, you know, the people who do Trine. Um, they uh, they made a game called Nine Parchments. Anna and I actually played this together at PAX. Um, it plays pretty well. It is um, it's like Magicka. So it is four player co op. You're walking around on a map, shooting magic spells at enemies, and um, you can't like just you don't have to worry about like putting in fire plus water plus water plus earth to do your different spell casting like you do in Magicka. Here it's just click through the the left and right bumpers to choose your spell and then use the right stick like a twin stick shooter for what direction to shoot your spell into each spell has its own mp that recharges over time so when you run out of fire you can switch over to ice and start shooting that and then you can combine certain spells with other characters and they will um, hit together like as a dragon ball z episode and then um, a different spell effect will come out together um and then you can kind of work together and direct that at the enemy to do even more damage. So fire plus ice will make steam, and that'll go out at the enemy and do stuff. So you can totally do that and unlock new characters, new spells. It's you know it's an RPG, right? So oh, it's the probably backs any cage ever. So, uh, yeah, oh yes, friendly fire is uh -huh. on. It's intentionally on, and you constantly have to be worried about killing each other. Fortunately, yeah. if you kill your teammate, you just have to stand on them to help revive them more quickly. So. Uh, it is yes, a lot of... like one of the main things in Magicka was killing each other. Yeah, so, yes, you could totally keep <laughs> killing each other here if you want. <laughs> uh, that'll be out this holiday season for Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. All right. 
The Good Life is on Fig. Oh, I back this. This is a weird game. I don't even know if it's... I don't think it's an RPG, but uh, I guess they're calling well, it... Like, like, like claimed it was. <laughs> okay, it's called The Good Life. It's being labeled as a debt repayment life simulation RPG. <laughs> um, you are like a, rep- a photographer coming to a city to try and understand um something about this town that's got a lot of secrets and uh and you're sending reports about it back to the employer but the really weird part about this town is that at night everybody turns into a cat and everyone has different personalities as a cat and stuff and things that you do to people while they're people or while they're cats can have effects on their other halves and so and while you stay there you get to turn into a cat as well so you gotta go figure out all sorts of things and there's puzzles and I don't know how it's an RPG, but I guess, apparently it is. Um, it is currently being it's being kickstarted on Fig, so this game doesn't really exist yet. They just have a trailer. They have a strong concept for what you're going to be doing. It looks like, but uh, buy uh, you know be aware this game doesn't really exist yet. So uh, if you want to buy into this and you're hoping it'll be cool, yay! If but it may turn out to be garbage. You know who knows at this point. Um, the person on board for this one, uh, directing this thing, is um, uh, Hidetake Suehiro, a.k.a. Swery. So you may know him from such games as Deadly Premonition and D4, Dark Dreams Don't Die. So this is the guy who shows up with like a coffee cup for to- or a coffee maker for talks, right? I think. I think that's the, a thing he's done. I can't remember. He he's does weird not- things. He's not as crazy as Suda51, at least. Or Yoko Taro. <laughs> or, he doesn't walk around with a giant mask on his head. He's not as crazy as Suda51? No, Suda51's crazy. I can't keep up <laughs> with who's crazy in Japan right now. So there's all these developers, and Suda, Swery, and Yoko Taro, they all, they're all in this little category of, I don't know what they're going to do. And I'm just going to... I expect weird things when they're involved. So anyway, so that's, uh, yeah, he's, uh, you can go read about it on the fig and, and try and fund it. Let's see where they're at. Um, they are, Oh, huh. Not as far as I thought they might be by now. I guess people don't want to play a cat game. Uh, $221,000 out of their $1.5 million goal. They want a lot of money for this. And I thought like a million and a half for a game that looked more like niche would be asking a lot. And it sounds like it might be asking too much. But you can actually, um, this is the one where, you know, they've got all the, the investing enabled even for regular people. So like you can start getting shares of this thing in at like a hundred bucks. Um, obviously, uh, if the game doesn't sell that well, you're not going to get any money especially not at such a small amount of investment but uh yeah go read about that there and you could see they've got pictures up of what all the people are during the day and then what they turn into at night and uh yeah it's weird it's very weird and you can customize your cat so and there's a murder and you got to solve it and all this stuff and you got to pay off your debt you have to pay off a debt somehow i don't know why just because Research, report, get paid, pay off your debt, keep going. And it sounds like paying off your debt is the main way you progress the story. So, I don't know. All sorts of things going on there. See if you like it. See if you think it's garbage, if you want to back it or not. And uh, 29 bucks gets you in at a level where you get a copy of the game. And then, uh, whew, 
329, 329, 269, 329. Lots of nines. Um, if you want to be crazy, for $35, or excuse me, for $35,000. I'll pay $35 for that. <laughs> you can become a character in the town. You'll become a, a, an inhabitant. Um, you get to send you, send us you and your cat picture. Um, you We will decide the gender role and job. So, And you may get brutally murdered, so be forewarned. <laughs> but hey, for 35 grand, um, they, uh, one person has already done this. Somebody has paid $35 to become a character in this game. So or $35,000. Gosh, I can't even keep up on that. It's so crazy. <sighs> wow. And then you get to eat dinner with Swery in the game. Not in real life, in the game. You eat dinner with Swery. <laughs> How does that even work? <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, I'm going to ignore that for now. That's a lot of money. Uh, Cyber Dimension, Cyber Dimension, Neptunia 4 Goddesses Online is getting a limited edition. Uh, let's see how that's going to work. It's uh, Idea Factory's North American and European online stores. So iffiesonlinestore.com or store.iffieseurope.com. It's starting September 12th at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time or 12 p.m. BST. I don't know what that stands for. What does BST stand for, Alex? British Summertime. Oh, thank you, Alice. Uh, then you can pre-order this limited edition, which gets you a physical copy of the game, a Neptune USB figure. What is a USB figure? Or is that her character name is US, Neptune USB or something? Uh, a Goddesses of Alsgard art stand, a 52-page art book, a 27-track soundtrack, a reversible cover sleeve, and a collector's box. Neo is getting its final DLC called bloodshed's end it's been announced and it'll pick up right where the last dlc defiant honor left off and it'll be out september 26 2017 for 10 bucks eight pounds or 10 euros or it'll be part of the season pass and then the lost child what is the lost child oh this is the follow-up this is from the people who made um Oh, I can't remember the last game. El Shaddai. El Shaddai, thank you. Kadokawa yeah, Games. Yeah, it looks a lot like SNC. <laughs> oh, it's looking like a Shin Megami Tensei game, huh? All right. So, The Lost Child, uh, it's com being published by Nisa America, excuse me, NIS America, uh, here and in Europe. It's being released next year, 2018. It'll be digital only on Vita. It'll have a limited edition on PS4 that's physical. And uh, for fifty nine ninety nine, so like a normal price, you get a copy of the game for PS4, soundtrack CD, hardcover art book, and a collector's box. So, uh, can you pre-order that now? I guess so. Yeah. yeah I don't think you can. Like... You can in America, at least. I'm not sure about Europe. So, Anna really confused me when she was telling me about whether or not she might be interested in this game, but... Um, it's not a sequel to El Shaddai, right? No. Okay. Um, it might be set in the same universe, but I think it's tangential connection rather than anything direct. Huh. But yeah, definitely gives off a lot of SMT vibes. Yeah, Anna might be real big into that. Yeah, maybe we should pre-order that. Oh, wait, if it's going to be digital only on Vita, that's how she'll want to play it anyway, so it won't matter. Pre-order doesn't matter. All right. 
can wait for a review. Even better. Okay. Woo. Now we've got an indie update. Let's see. Oh boy, a new Kickstarter. Let's see how this works. They've they've made it. They wanted fifteen thousand. They got fifteen thousand one hundred forty-eight, and they got ten days left to go. That is the game Celestian Tales: Realms Beyond, a hand-drawn RPG with turn-based combat and multi-perspective branching storytelling. And it looks like an RPG Maker-esque title. Well, actually, no. It looks like a different engine with lots of animation and stuff. It actually looks kind of okay. All right. Well, anyway, um, I don't know if it exists yet. So um, <laughs> they have... It's wow. They're totally ripping off the Amano-style art. Well, it's not Amano-style artwork, but they're totally ripping off how Final Fantasy logos work for their logo. Did you, did you notice that? Like the Celestian oh, yeah. Tales logo. It's totally like Final Fantasy X's logo or something. <laughs> All right. So turn-based tactical combat, a story of questionable morals, multiple points of view. Uh, if you have played Celestian Tales Old North, which I guess is the first game in this series. Uh, it'll yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's a series, but it's basically, I think there's a, supposed to be a trilogy of games. This is the second one. So it'll shape the game world based on your choices in that one, but you don't have to have played it. You can just start up fresh in this one. So did we like the first one or anything? Did we review it at all? Probably not, right? It was okay. It was okay. Okay. So uh, if you want to get into this one, it costs 10 bucks to get, to back it at a level where you'll get a copy of the game. And if you want to go crazy... Um, and this is still available for $4,990. You can be an enemy in the game. You'll be a full boss enemy. And yeah, uh, an item to your name, a full body illustration, special music track recorded with live instruments just for your boss fight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, our team will create a creature based on your creative vision from illustration to animation skill design to numerical balancing fitted into the world as an enemy whether it's a monster who devoured your <laughs> devoured your heroic persona years ago that's why your named item is in, in, in its stomach an ancient terror locked by your persona's relic that has now awakened once more or maybe the ghostly spirit of your persona itself will work together with you to make it reality um and of course we get the right to approve everything so yeah you get to be a boss um yeah, there you go. That's Celestian Tales, also up on the indie block this week. Teon and One More Levels, RPG Brawler Warlocks versus Shadows. This uh, this was out in North America in June. It's now out in Europe. Uh, it is also on Steam. I don't know anything about this game, um, but it's a thing. How do I describe this thing? It's an action RPG brawler game. So I guess side-scrolling beat-em-up sort of thing? Or... I don't know. Yeah. So it's focus on co-op and versus play between players. So you can fight each other. You can fight versus big enemies and stuff. So go check that out if you're in Europe. It's now available. Death Origins. It's a game from the company Black Lodge Games. It is an open-world sci-fi RPG. <laughs> It's on Steam Early Access right now. Uh, it has a weird-looking trailer. Um, next week. <laughs> it's coming out. No, oh, I'm sorry. It's on uh, Early Access next week. Uh, take command of an interstellar starship and guide her through the multiverse while managing a crew with fragile hum 
uh, with a million fragile human lives to protect or exploit in this open, dark, deep, turn-based RPG. I don't know what's going on with this. It looks what? indie. I've no idea what goes on in the start of the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to ignore that for now. That's Doth Origins. I may have said Death Origins. It's Doth Origins. D-A-A-T-H. Go see if you're interested in that. Here's one called Vaporum. It is not a vaping RPG. It is a first-person steampunk dungeon crawler. Um, is this the one that's like Grimlock? Yeah, I think I've seen some of this. It looks a lot like It's the one that you sent to me, so... Oh, is it? Okay. You sent me the press release anyway. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, this looks a lot like a, a, a Legend of Grimrock. Um, it is... Uh, you're uh, exploring a mechanical tower, so there's lots of steampunk enemies. They are literally expelling steam from their bodies while you're fighting them and stuff. Uh, there's weaknesses and stuff to take advantage of. It's from Fatbot Games... It is being released on September 28th. I have no idea if it's good or not, but if you're into those Grimrock games, you might be interested. Then finally, here's another crowdfunder. This one is also through Fig. It's called Virgo versus the Zodiac. I thought Virgo was a Zodiac. All right, well, whatever. It's a sci-fi fantasy RPG. Um, you control Virgo, who is known as the Holy Queen or Dreadful Queen by others, as she pushes her righteous worldview on the cosmos to try and bring back the so-called golden age of balance. I think it's Virgo versus the rest of the Zodiac race. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, they have hit their goal. They only wanted 18,500. They're at 22,550. Um, it is kind of got um, a pixel art side view RPG look to it and uh, um, very pastel colors. Go see if you like that or not. Um, yeah. And uh, there's lots of... So you are playing as Virgo, and you got to fight everyone else, and uh, I don't know. Dethrone the Zodiacs and revive the Golden Age, if the galaxy survives your wrath, that is. <laughs> so that's a game where it is 15 bucks to get a copy of the game, and then if you want to be crazy, you can, of course, invest in the game and spend lots of money to try and get shares of it. Or for 1000 bucks plus shipping, you get to design your own star, and... Uh, yeah, okay. And choose everything about them and design your own... I guess that's a world in the game and you're making an enemy and your own NPC as well. Your name's in the credits. You get a plushie and some other stuff. So that's a grand if you want to do that. And yeah, that's... Uh, okay, there is a, a a fight against an alpaca, it looks like. So I'm very interested... <laughs> We'll see if this turns out to be any good. It'll be out when? Like sometime next millennia? Let's see, do they have an estimated gate, uh, date? End of next year, I guess. <laughs> End of next year? Okay. <clears throat> Virgo versus the Zodiac. That's our indie update. We have some editorials to let you know about. We have a review up of Ever Oasis. Um, you remember Anna liked that game. See what Mike Menke thought about it. We have a, a deep look of Neurovoider, which is... Alex, what's Neurovoider? Um, sort of action RPG roguelite. Twin stick shooter could... as well, right? Yeah. So you you control a brain that is surrounded by robotic parts. Oh, okay. I think and I saw go, a quick look of this. Run okay. through and then yeah, shoot things. All right, run through, shoot it's things, level hard. up, and it's a roguelike. So yeah, you don't really level up. You just get different parts. Oh no! So you can equip, equip different weapons or. 
armor and stuff and then you cool. die and then you do it again so kind of an isaac style of progression where you just unlock more parts that'll show up or no it's separate for each oh okay so, so straight up hardcore so within, within each place well, yeah within each place where you'll get a bunch of loot and then you can equip stuff you picked up for the next mission all right <laughs> sam wachter has uh reviewed yakuza kiwami uh you may be surprised at the score go watch it out or go look go watch it out go read it go watch it out what is that am i high what the hell all right um jeez uh all right so yeah all right so go check that out and um let's uh see what what she thought about it and what she thought what it could have been better because i know she loves those yakuza games um, Expeditions Viking has a review up that is, uh, being, um, uh, Carol Ampos, uh, Papa Dimitrio did that. Harry. 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 Thank you. Uh, I can never remember his short name. <laughs> uh, that is, uh, that is a, that is a old school computer rpg looking thing he liked it so go read that review maybe you can jump into that and enjoy it as well yeah. uh pax oh, yeah i think i played the alpha version of that and it seems pretty interesting sweet so. children of the zodiacs has a review up um that is a game that was at pax even though it's already out uh, that is a tactical rpg uh, michael baker reviewed that three and a half out of five go read what he thought about it right now and see if you want to jump into that that is uh so the one has cards and dice and stuff. It's all sorts of things going on. It looks fun. And then SRPG September. So we're finally going on with other... Oh. <laughs> Did we do an ARPG August? No? We should have. I don't think so. <laughs> so we're doing we're, SRPG. We're, un we're unofficially following these on, so... All right. So this is SRPG September. Uh, what is it going to be? Um... So there's a thread on the forums in the role-playing games section, and you can join in. Um, Jay Scarp is playing um, God Wars. Uh, Anime Man's going to be playing Fire Emblem Fates. Uh, Severin, that's you. <laughs> You're going to be playing yeah. Udawari Ramono, um, and you know other people are in here as well. And uh, oh, Law Whoops looks like going to do Hyperdimension, Hyperdevotion War. Excuse me. And, uh, yeah, so if you can jump into that thread, post what you're going to be playing and what you think. There's so many tactical games. Here's some ideas for this thread. Fire Emblem Echoes, Udawari Ramono, Mask of Deception and Mask of Truth, Disgaea 5 Complete on the Switch, God Wars Future Past, XCOM 2 War the Chosen, and the just-released Mario Plus Rabbids. Um, and if you want to go back to some backlog games you may have forgotten about, Banner Saga, Valkyria Chronicles, and uh, Final Fantasy Tactics are all options. That you might uh, you might be excited about, or SLW five. Yeah, Super Robot Wars five. There you go. That's what I should pick up and do. Um, yeah, play that. Yeah, Alice really wants me to play that, and I'm probably a jerk and will never get around to it. But it's like really good. I know. There's so many really good games though. Just Chris, just sit down and play it. I don't Seriously. have it. I don't have it. Remember, I've got oh, yeah. that. I have the other side oh, of the moon the one. Oh, you've got the other one. Yeah, the other uh, one. Moon Dwellers. I just should just get play v. that. No, get V. It's better. <laughs> Why can't I just play the one I have and not spend money? Because it's better. Oh. 
How much is it? I wish I could just download it on my Switch. <sighs> it's a... Oh, man. Super... $59.99 on PlayAsia, huh? That's for Vita. How much is it on PS4? Uh, get off my screen, Ad. Super Robot Wars V. That's taking too long. Okay, PS4, $59.99. Okay, still. That's a lot. Of I accidentally, as you remember, I accidentally bought the Vita version. Oh, right, because that. Ooh. That is. Is it not? Ew, it works, but you have to reformat your thing. Ugh. Yeah, well, yeah, be to be honest, it kind of worked out because I could then just play it on my Vita, which meant that it got a lot of playtime when I was traveling around on trains a lot. Oh, well, that doesn't seem like a mistake then. Seems good. Seemed uh, to work out. I mean, yeah, it was. I was intending to get the PS4 one, but you know. Oh, Anyways, so I'm gonna go anime. have dinner. So. Oh, you're leaving. Bye, Alice. No, I mean, it is like quarter to seven. Yeah, we're almost done here. All right. So see All you right. later, Alice. Bye-bye. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Okay. So some quick stuff. There were some Gamescom streams. Gamescom was before PAX, but uh, we have some streams from that um, listed in one thread for you for, for your convenience. So apparently Nintendo did a lot of streaming. So I might go put all that on while I'm... Well, I'm home alone this weekend. So they've got Mario and Rabbids battle uh, footage. They've got Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga stuff. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 gameplay and Fire Emblem Warriors gameplay. So you can go watch those streams. Um, we've got Sophie and Leanne returning in Atelier Lead... Oh my gosh. Atelier Lady and Swell. I don't know anything about these. Uh, the recently re-romanized Atelier Lady and swell alchemist of the mysterious painting this is part of the the trilogy that everyone hates right so, the mysterious one yeah the recent yeah. one yeah so, they've they ch yeah they changed the name of the second person in like the official english version of the title oh which makes more sense as new one is actually a name well the old one was just french for sister okay <laughs> <laughs> all right and uh let's see the two returning characters are sophie and leanne and, uh, yeah, all right, anyway, whatever. People don't like the games. I'm not going to read a bunch about it. Um, Warhammer 40K Inquisitor Martyr is uh, now in early access. This is uh, their Diablo-like game, right? Or is this a different one? I can't keep... There's a lot of Warhammer games, so I'm sorry yeah, it's I can't the, keep up on it's them. Yeah, it's the other one made by the Van Helsing developers. Well, that's why I thought it was the Diablo one, so I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. What is this one? So, it's an open it world action. What is this? It it is a Diablo one. It is a Diablo one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Jeez, because I'm looking at the screenshots and it's like, what are these? <laughs> I'm looking at the wrong ones. Okay. These screenshots are not current. That's what's going on. They've done a lot. Okay, it's on early access now, right? So, Warhammer Forty Thousand Inquisitor Martyr. Yeah, searching for Warhammer games on Steam is really hard because you get a thousand hits. It's on early access, so for forty nine ninety nine, you can buy into the current one. It's an ARPG, and you go kill lots of things Diablo style in the Warhammer forty k universe. So that's a thing. If you want to do that, um, Blue Reflection. What's Blue Reflection, Alex? That's the Gust one with magical girls. Oh, okay. 
Does that really narrow it down? All right. Well, let's say yes. Um, okay. They've got a bunch of abilities, and they're showing off, like, the abilities, I guess. So you can go look and watch a video of that and see if you're excited for that. Koei Tecmo publishing that, huh? Oh, right, because it's Gust. And that they have all the Gust stuff now. Code Vein has a video up about combat info if you want to learn more about the combat in Code Vein. And then Earthlock is out on... Oh, I actually have this in my new releases. Earthlock's coming out on the Wii U, finally. I'm sure someone's excited for that. <laughs> that is, uh, you read our review, or excuse me, we don't have a review, do we? We have a deep look of it on PS4. No, I had to finish it to get a review. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to finish it. Ouch. <laughs> All right. Well, go read the uh, the deep look and see if uh, maybe you'll have more success with uh, it. Than I had Alex. an issue with the difficulty balancing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right, that's that. Uh, we're going to skip the question of the week this week because there's just too many people who are regulars that this question would apply to, like Kelly and Anna, that I would like to be here for it. Um, so keep putting, sending in your, your answers to that question, which is what should we be playing this fall and September? Um, people I know so far have told me to play like um, uh, Yakuza and uh, Everybody's Golf. So maybe I'll get on the Everybody's Golf part of this since I've already started on the Yakuza part of this. Um, yeah, I just play whatever I needed to review. So yes, well, yeah. If you're a reviewer, you kind of have you have your your stuff ahead of you, but uh, it's it's harder for the rest of us. Um, <laughs> all right. Anyway, new releases coming out or just recently come out since we missed a show. Um, Cristari Reno, um, Cristarino. It's a 3ds game. It's an RPG, but Chemco it's a Chemco alert. game. Chemco <laughs> alert. Chemco alert. So just be be aware. It's a new thing I'm tagging in my new releases when they're Chemco games. Uh, Monster Hunter Stories also came out. The reason I had wasn't talking about it today, you may be wondering, because I had a lot of hype about that game, is that my copy got shipped yesterday rather than delivered yesterday. Apparently Best Buy was not doing release date delivery, so I will have to wait until next week to play that game. So... Um, we use getting Earthlock Festival of Magic, or I guess they have it now. On the Vita, you get Odawari Ramona Mask of Truth, Antiquia Lost, Chemco Alert, Chemco Alert, another Chemco RPG. Drive Girls, which is a weird game that I brought up because I thought Alice would think it was funny, but she's gone now. Um, it is a game where you play as girls who beat things up and then turn into cars and drive around. I, do, I kid you not, I don't know what's up with that game. Um, Ease 8, Lacrimosa of Dana. So if you want more Ease games, I'm sure this will be pretty good, right? So people like the Ease games. I'm just not into that series yet. So that's a big deal on the Vita. PS4 has got Destiny 2. Destiny 2 is out. I haven't played any of it. Um, uh, do you know, is anyone playing that on uh, an RP Gamer? Is that a big thing? I haven't been in the Slack yeah, much this week. Wheels probably will. Wheels will? Wheels okay. game. Yeah, that's true. So Destiny 2, Udara Ramono, um, Underwater Ray Ramono, Mask of Truth. Um, Antiquia Lost Chemco Alert is also on the PS4. Songbringer. That's like a psychedelic uh, Legend of Zelda game. I know nothing much about it except it's like it's out or coming out this week. Um, 20 bucks on Steam. It's also on PS4. Uh, you go see what's going on with that. And uh, Senko no Rande 2. This was also for Alice because it's like a f half fighting game, half shmup, but she's not here, so I guess we'll just move on. Ease 8 also coming to PS4. Um, Xbox One's got Destiny 2. Um, let's see. Let's see. X yeah, Destiny 2 on Xbox One and Songbringer also coming to Xbox One. 
Um, poor Xbox One. If you want the RPGs, it doesn't seem like the console for you. Uh, PC has got Girls and Dungeons, which is um, kind of an 18-plus dungeon crawler thing, but also very indie and low budget, so I don't know what's up with that. It's 250 Star Tide, which is a top-down shmup. Again, that wasn't for... Well, anyway. Ease 8, Lacrimosa of Donna, and Divinity Original Sin 2 coming out this week. That's it for new releases. Alex, what are you playing this week? More Utah Web Blue Okay. And probably more Parascientific Escape as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. Keep keep cranking through those. Um, yep. I will probably be doing more Mario and Rabbids and Divinity Original Sin and maybe some 14. If I can get my act together and try some of those things that Alice recommended. And, yeah, uh, well, maybe I'll finish that off at some point. You should. I've only got one dungeon and one trial to do. I just can't be bothered to do them. <laughs> <laughs> Take you like an hour. <laughs> what are you waiting yeah. for? <laughs> All right. Um, thanks, everybody, for watching. Um, feedback is podcast.rpgamer.com, forums.rpgamer.com for the forums, and, of course, 608-729-4098. We'll play your voicemail right here on the show. If you leave us one, you got to leave us one. Um, I think that's it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thanks, for Alice, for being on, and thank you, Alex, for being on. And I think we'll call it for this week. We'll be back next week, hopefully with some more stuff about our PAX adventures, and at least from Al Anna's perspective. And yeah, PAX was fun this year. So I was a little down on it last year. I had a lot more fun this year. So that was cool. Um, probably because during the nights, instead of like not doing anything, I, I played board games with folks. And it turns out that's the important part of PAX. It's just having fun with your friends. Uh, so that's what I encourage you to do this week. Uh, un unless you're in Florida, in which case I encourage you to go to a hurricane shelter. Um, but for everyone else, go and uh, have some fun with your friends. Go play a board game something that you think will be boring but um, is going to be social and you'll spend time with each other. It'll be cool. Alright. <laughs> I guess I'll call it. Thanks everybody. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.